Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. We know that abortion and abortion rights have been the subject of agendas, protests, murders, uh, and many, many Supreme Court cases, and the latest, of, of course, of which uh, completely upended Roe v. Wade, said that it was originally wrongly decided to begin with in 1973, and pushed the issue back to the states, where state by state, it seems like the people are deciding for themselves what they want to do. When polled, a majority of Democrats and Republicans and independents still want there to be abortion rights, particularly with respect to the first trimester. After the first trimester, uh, even as Roe v. Wade wrote in Justice Blackmun's opinion many years ago, which I urge you to read if you care about this, that the viability of the fetus eventually should take uh, precedence over the right of the mother, but that this is sort of a continuing spectrum over the nine months. And states are trying to figure it out as we go. Here in Connecticut, we decided right away, uh, one of the originators of very liberal thinking, both on contraception and, uh, and abortion, that not only do we want to make abortion uh, accessible and available to women who live in Connecticut, but we also wanted to provide a safe harbor for women, like in places like Texas, who could not get abortions on demand and sometimes not even at the cost of their own medical health. And so that we are providing a place with our laws where uh, doctors who perform abortions on non-residents cannot be prosecuted for what they do here. I saw that Nicole Clegg, interim CEO of Planned Parenthood of Northern New England, was active in this battle for abortion rights in our region. I think I saw that she might even have been up in New Hampshire trying to speak to, if not persuade, some of our candidates for presidency. And I invited her on the show so that she could give us an update on what is happening legally in terms of Maine, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, because I have a feeling she knows. Nicole Clegg, thank you for your service to Planned Parenthood, and welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's a pleasure and you know, a critically important time to be talking about legal access to abortion. Yes, so tell us. Uh, now, it says Northern, your Planned Parenthood of Northern New England. Uh, yep. I guess that's not Connecticut, right? Connecticut's not northern. No, it, it, 
Okay. It's not. There's a, another Planned Parenthood of Southern New England. And so we oversee Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont. So we kind of have three very different states, um, all of which have legal access to abortion, but the political landscape is a little bit different. In Vermont, um, last year, the voters passed a constitutional amendment to protect reproductive autonomy, um, which was pretty incredible. Wow. Uh, every community in the state of Vermont passed the measure. So there wasn't a single community that voted against it, which was really amazing. Um, in New Hampshire, it's a slightly different political landscape. It's a Republican-controlled legislature and a Republican governor. And we're, you know, tackling a bunch of attempts to try and restrict access to abortion. Uh, most recently, an effort to institute a 15-day abortion ban, um, which was uh, pretty astonishing. And then in Maine, we have um, pro-choice majorities in the legislature and a really strong advocate in the um, Blaine House as governor. So they've been able to advance protections, you know, sort of to the point that you were speaking about, which is making sure that people who are living in states that are banned, and right now one in three women of reproductive age live in a place where they don't have legal access to abortion, um, can make it to our communities and safely access the care that they need. Okay, Nicole. So let's talk about this. Reproductive autonomy. I have not heard that phrase before. In Vermont, what did the voters think that that meant? So um, it's intended to kind of cover all of your sort of sexual and reproductive health needs. So that includes safe and legal access to birth control where um, you can't be coerced or denied access to birth control. It also means infertility and access to be able to seek infertility care, as well as legal abortion. So it's really about acknowledging that there are lots of reproductive choices that people may you know, need to make during their lifetime, and they should be able to make them without political interference. When you say reproductive autonomy is a constitutional mm-hmm. measure, when it comes to infertility, did that force insurance companies to have to cover things like in vitro, uh, in vitro fertilization procedures? No, it didn't. But that is a piece of legislation that the Vermont legislature is considering this year. Um, So while it didn't require health insurance coverage, it does sort of guarantee people the right to access infertility care. Okay. And when we talk about a legal abortion. What what stance does Planned Parenthood take with respect to the nine months of a pregnancy? Mm. So, you know, I think first we understand that, um, you know, people's decisions are theirs and they need to be able to make them in the consultation with their medical team. Um, you know, when we're thinking about abortions later in pregnancy, um, which is, you know, typically, you know, after the you know first trimester, first 12 weeks of um, a pregnancy, you know, we, we understand that there are sort of two reasons why people seek care at that time. The first is that they get news. Um, they get new information about their health. They get new information about their pregnancy or something dramatic happens in their life. Um, you know, I think for folks that, you know, have recently been pregnant, you know, they know that there are times during your pregnancy where you have, um, you know, diagnostic testing and ultrasounds that can uncover um, health risks, mm-hmm. either to the person or to the fetus, mm-hmm. that weren't identified earlier. So that's sort of like the first reason why someone might seek care later in a pregnancy or seek abortion care. The other reason is that they, you know, encountered obstacles 
And that's really what we're seeing with people who live in a state where abortion has been banned. Um, You know, maybe they don't find out right away that they're pregnant and then they find Ah. out that they're pregnant. And now they have to find a way to get to a state that has legal access. And it could take time, you know, when you think about the travel costs, when you think about getting the time off from work, you know, and we know that for many people, they're struggling financially. So it's a real hardship for them to be able to access care in a legal state like Maine or New Hampshire or Vermont or Connecticut. It's so interesting. So and and absent from that is sort of this idea that women wake up having known they're pregnant and at 24, 25, 28 weeks just want to abort a baby. You're saying, Nicole Clegg, that isn't the case. That's not what's happening. That is intentional misinformation to sort of, you know, harm people and, and you know, really, like, characterize people who get abortions unfairly. Like, mm-hmm. the idea that, you know, I mean, like, that just doesn't happen. That's not, a you know, a person's experience. When people are seeking abortion later in pregnancy, um, it's because of all of these barriers that have been put in place that they couldn't get to. I mean, they wanted the care sooner, but because of all these laws and restrictions, they couldn't get it. Yeah. We have uh, become aware, due to sort of headlines, that particularly in Texas, it appears that the judges there have put women's lives at risk, not merely the baby, but also the mother mm-hmm. in situations that really, in my opinion, don't even belong in a court. They really belong yeah. in a doctor's office. Exactly. I mean, it is gut wrenching when you read these stories of, you know, women in Texas. And it's not just Texas. It is in a lot of other states where abortions have been banned, where, you know, they get that medical information. They learn about a health risk or they learn that the, you know, the fetus has like really serious conditions um, and that, you know, they cannot access the care that they need. It's, you know, essentially what the doctors are being told by politicians is she's not dying enough. Right. That's what. Right. That's right. She's not dying enough. What do you want to wait for her to do? Bleed out? You lose the mother and the baby? I I mean, like that is what it seems like. And you know, when you have judges and politicians that have no business making these types of medical decisions, that's what we're ending up with. Um, I mean, and you know, I have to say, like that that doesn't go too far from our region. We had. a patient who came forward in Maine who shared her story and actually changed the law in Maine last year because she was 32 weeks pregnant and had a regular ultrasound at that point. Um, And during that ultrasound, serious diagnostic issues were identified with the fetus where the fetus's bones were breaking. And I mean, and they had named him, they had set up the nursery. Um, He wasn't able to breathe on his own. But because of the way Maine's law was written, which says that you can only access um, abortion in after viability in very limited circumstances, her medical team couldn't provide her care in Maine. She had to travel to Colorado to get care. And um, I mean, it was absolutely devastating for her. And she came forward and shared her story. And like to her credit, that led to the law changing in Maine so that now medical providers get to make those decisions with the pregnant person. So in that particular case, was she saying that no matter what, the baby would not have been able to thrive and therefore it was better mm-hmm. to terminate the pregnancy rather yeah. than, yeah, yeah. I mean, and suffer. And I mean, like yeah. go through, you know, 
first and then um, wait right. for her, you know, right. for Camden is who, you know, she named um, her child to die. Mm-hmm. Like, this is cruel. I mean, like when you think about like just putting a family through that, it's just Mm -hmm. and so instead she had to leave her entire support network, raise the money because this is incredibly expensive. I'm I'm, I'm listening to this. I'm wondering why she didn't come to Connecticut. It's a lot closer. Well, because there's very limited providers in our country for this type of circumstance. I see. You know, I mean, and, you know, because providers who are offering care they're risking violence, you know, they're targeted, you know, there's, um, you know, so it's really like, you know, people are very careful about, um, you know, what level of, or clinicians are really careful about what level of care they'll provide. Yeah. I'm still hoping that she could have come to Connecticut, you know. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Well, I mean, thankfully, like, you know... I- what she did was turn her very tragic story into something that's like made it so that people in Maine will never go through that again, which is just incredible. But so that's what's, like what it, you're what's interesting in is too. so so th- so let me ask you, Nicole Clegg, who was the mm-hmm. interim CEO of Planned Parenthood. Um, so what's interesting about that story to me is that telling that story apparently changed some minds or crystallized some thoughts of legislators in Maine, where she was from. Those stories are being told in a lot of other states, but they don't seem to be changing anybody's minds. They change the voters' minds. But when it comes to the politicians who are holding the power, um, you know, it seems to fall on deaf ears. Um, You know, I think what is amazing and what has been said, you know, in every election since the Dobbs decision was released, um, you know, that overturned Roe, every time a state has had an opportunity to vote, and that doesn't matter if it's a blue state, a red state, a purple state, they have always voted to protect abortion rights and reproductive rights. You know, if you look at Ohio most recently, they had to vote twice um, because the Republicans and the legislature kept kind of trying to gerrymander so that they could, um, you know, sort of control and maintain power. And what the voters in Ohio said was, no, this needs to be protected and people need to be able to safely access abortion care in our state. Um, You know, I think we're going to see a bunch of states this year voting on abortion rights. You know, Florida just qualified with submitting enough signatures so that, you know, Florida voters are going to be voting in 2024. Yeah, that's a big issue. I've been following that because recently a Florida special election legislator vote which was uh, to replace a Republican, went Democrat because they said the Democrat, who was a man, 
One, because he campaigned on two things. One, how expensive property insurance had gotten in Florida, a very bread and butter important issue, and also uh, on abortion rights in Orlando. And he beat a woman, Republican, on those two issues. And that was apparently an unexpected result in Florida. So it could be a harbinger of the fact that Florida voters are paying attention to abortion rights. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, like, I fundamentally believe that. I mean, and we're seeing this in New Hampshire right now, right? You know, you have um, the presidential primary. It's going to happen on Tuesday. And um, the Republican candidates are not saying anything about abortion rights because they know it's a losing issue for them. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, but they can't run away from their, you know, what they have done, you know, whether that's Trump who put the Supreme Court justices in place that could overturn Roe or the other candidates, you know, DeSantis, who signed a six-week abortion ban into law in Florida. Um, they sort of want to hide from that um, because they know it's a losing issue for them, especially when we think about the general election. Well, let's talk about that. We're chatting with Nicole Clegg, interim CEO of Planned Parenthood of Northern New England, because it's as likely as not that a Republican will get elected next November. I mean, the polls are what they are, and we don't know who's going to win. Donald Trump has been very interesting on the subject of abortion. As a practical matter, he did not appoint anybody as a federal judge who didn't meet with his uh, Federalist criteria, the Heritage Foundation, and they were all very, very strictly anti-abortion. They call themselves pro-life, but let's say anti-abortion, same thing. And yes, he appointed three of these judges, justices, and we now know that Justice Alito, who was not a Trump-appointed judge, had been plotting and planning for years to overturn Roe. Okay, they got their way. But Donald Trump as a candidate has been on record to say that fighting abortion rights, he thinks, is a loser for Republican candidates. I mean, and he's right. That That's something I agree with him on. I mean, you know, and we've seen it. Like, you know, people are – voters are motivated. They understand this issue and they care about it. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, we'll continue to see how this plays out over the rest of this year. But what we have seen in every election since Dobbs is that the voter intensity on this issue has not deteriorated. People care as much when Roe was overturned as they do today about protecting these rights. They don't want the next generations to be living in a place where they're not dying enough to be able to get medical care. And how practical, and by the way, Nikki Haley should be mentioned too, because when she got on a Mm -hmm. debate stage and she said that she felt that abortion should be unrestricted basically for the first 15 weeks and then we could talk about it, she basically got booed off the stage of her own uh, primary debate. Did you see that? Did you see when she she dared to speak about that? So if she became the Republican president, which, you know, odds are against it, but if she did, um, it sounds like she would not make abortion uh, rights well, I guess they don't have to anymore. They won. <laughs> I guess that's yeah. it. Yeah, they won. They won. The the, yeah. the the pro-life people won. They won. Yeah. They. I mean, but, you know, I think what we are showing is that state by state, once we get an opportunity to have the voters weigh in, we win it back. And so I think that that's like really, you know, like that's the message, you know, that I carry or that's what I carry with me every day because, you know, this work is hard, mm-hmm. um, but it's critically important. And, you know, I know that the majority of people support what I do and what my staff does and um, they're with us. 
So tell us a little bit, Nicole Clegg, about Mm -hmm. a situation where a woman wakes up in the morning and she's scared that she might be pregnant. She hasn't gotten confirmation yet. She might not even have conceived yet the morning after pill. And also the other one, not just the morning after pill, but the other one where she knows that she's, quote, a little bit pregnant and she would like to terminate the pregnancy in the privacy of her own home without going Mm -hmm. to an abortion provider. What is that about and how accessible are those means of terminating an unwanted pregnancy? So um, there are sort of two separate things. One is emergency contraception, which is birth control. And the amazing thing is that we've made a lot of progress with um, access to emergency contraception so that some of it's available over the counter. You know, so someone can just walk into a pharmacy and get it, which is which is great for those emergency situations. I think what we would say as healthcare providers is, you know, we would prefer someone to have a reliable method of birth control that they, you know, that best meets their needs. Um, but if they don't have when it, we're talk- yeah, if they yeah. don't have and oh, God it, then, forbid they've been know, raped, they've had some kind yeah. of horrible, you know, whatever. So they can get in most states or in all states, they can mm-hmm. get that emergency contraception. That's good. Okay. They can. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really, you know, a huge step forward. Um, the other piece that you were talking about are it's called medication abortion or the abortion pill. Mm-hmm. And that's when, um, you know, someone discovers that they're pregnant and, you know, typically there are sort of two options for them. They can have a procedural abortion, which would be in a health center, or they can um, take these pills um, that would end the pregnancy. And what we've seen is that people are increasingly choosing medication abortion as an option for them, in part because they have more control. They can decide when they want to take the pills. They can be at home. They can be comfortable. They can be, you know, with their support system and network. Um, And, you know, tragically, what is happening, though, and again, if we go back to Texas, there's a theme here. um, There's been a lawsuit brought forward to a federal judge in Texas challenging the FDA's approval of mifepristone, which is one of the pills that people take for a medication abortion. And Um, and that is now going before the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court's going to weigh in. (sighs) And again, this is an incredibly safe medication that has been available for decades in the United States. And um, we are now going to have the Supreme Court weigh in and determine whether or not the FDA should have approved this medication. And it could, you know, essentially take it off the market for people. Even Um, though we know that the medication is used to induce abortion, but also for other things. Mm -hmm. It also has other uses. It's used for miscarriage management. I mean, you know, it's used for a variety Mm -hmm. of um, issues that would be related to reproductive health. But the problem is, that, you know, now it's in the hands of the same Supreme Court justices that overturned Roe. So we don't know what they're going to do. And it's it would be the first time that on the grounds of a political reason, we have overruled mm-hmm. the medical efficacy of something as stated by the FDA. Imagine, um, imagine I that now if you have a political position on a drug that the FDA has approved, you could take it away from people. I mean, right. like, the, the ramifications beyond just reproductive rights mm-hmm. are so vast. And yes. I mean, it's really scary and dangerous. Yeah, I agree with you. What if somebody decides that they don't want anybody to ever have pain meds? I think you should gut it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that the FDA shouldn't have ever approved this. Right. Um, I mean, it's, it's astonishing. Sort of the people who are opposed to abortion, the lengths they will go 
to try and take away this right from everybody. And, you know, like, so to go after a safe medication that's used for other purposes to help people with an ending pregnancy um, and that we could lose that. And then it could open the door for all these other challenges. It's just, I mean, it's, you know, it's, scary. And um, you know, we're just going to have to be incredibly vigilant and active and outspoken to protect our rights. And then one other thing, we're chatting with Nicole mm-hmm. Clegg. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm looking at statistics. Tell me if I'm right or not. In fact, since the, and I'm just happened to p- pick up Texas because it's a big state, the abortion reporting from the Charlotte Lozier Institute shows that abortions are down almost 60% altogether since Dobbs was passed. Does that sound right to you? In the uh, in the state of Texas. However, yes. abortions in the country have yeah. increased. They've increased? Um, so, yeah. So it's, people are, tra- I mean, like what we've seen is that it's like the idea that, you know, the folks who wanted to overturn Roe, um, you know, felt like if we take this option away, people won't seek abortion care. Well, that's just not proving to be the case. Like what oh. we know is that I mean, people are having to travel farther. They're having to endure more expense and hardship. But, you know, I think it's clear when someone has made the decision to end a pregnancy that they're not ready to start a family, um, they're going to do what they need to do to try and access that care. Yeah, I see. I'm uh, OK. I didn't realize that. All right. Well, thank you, Nicole Clegg. We really appreciate what you're doing. I hope you personally have not been subjected to any intimidation or threats, because I know in years past that what you're doing requires a certain level of personal bravery. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Nicole Clegg on the Lisa Wexler Show. We'll be right back. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com. 